you know, Jesus gave from his sustenance, not just his surplus. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus didn't just give of the extra he had. He gave of what mattered mm-hmm. most to him. Hey friends, and welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. And we're uh, here today and we're excited. This is Dan Dimite, my good friend. And this is Aaron Richards, my other good friend. And I'm Brad Piron, I'll be your host here today. And we're actually finishing up our mission year. Our full-time missionaries just finished, um, some of them just finished two years of service. The others finished one year of service. And we were sending off our second years in a graduation ceremony recently. And a conversation we were having is a conversation around self-gift. Like it's just so cool to see young adults give two years of their life uh, in service of the church. And that that kind of like led us to thinking through this idea of self-gift. And that's what we're going to talk Today about a little bit about self-gift, but before we do that, Dan, you want to kick us off? Oh yeah, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you so much for the gift that you gave of yourself, the gift of the Holy Eucharist, the gift on the cross. Lord, we just pray that you would mold us into your image, that we would live like you, that we would love like you, that we would give like you. Lord, I pray that our life would be a resurrected victory uh, through the just through the Holy Spirit, but that we would also be united to you on the cross, that um, through our own death to self, we would experience life uh, and abundance. Mm-hmm. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father, and the Son, and the, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. So, um, so just a small topic today on small self-gift, just, like not too many yeah. places that you could go with Normal that, afternoon, I'm sure. just tackling <laughs> self And it's also beautiful today. So um, I don't know. I think we could uh, probably go for a while with this, but I think a, a good place to start might be just like um, when we look at just the the church today, I, I think there's such a need in the church for people to gift themselves yeah. totally. You know, like I, I think um, at least it was my experience, and I'm sure you guys can relate that um, for a large portion of my life, my faith was just something I kind of gave a little bit to and planned on getting a lot out of. You know, like I'll give a little and I'll get a lot, but um. I don't know when we look not at those like missionaries now, right? right now. No, 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 right. Not no. like the stock market right now. But um, <laughs> no, I wonder just like, what do you guys think about that? When we look at the church, it does seem like um, what the church needs more now, maybe than ever, is people that give wholeheartedly and yeah. give of themselves fully. Yeah. I mean, we've been talking about a vocations crisis in the church for what, 20 years? And, <laughs> uh, and, not just in not just in the priesthood, but in religious life and in in holy marriage. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what else is there besides the fact that our hearts, which are made to be given away, um, for whatever reason, like we're in the midst of a, a cultural shift right now, where uh, that that is becoming less and less natural. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I know we've seen it here at Damascus. Even you know we we have the best missionaries in the world, but. Uh, across the board with every missionary organization where we're struggling to find, mm-hmm. you know, pe- people who, who are, who are ready to respond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I wonder how much of it's just like postmodern thought, like hitting the church, right? They, Cause it used to be like the whole idea of like, I have one life to live, so I'm going to give mm-hmm. myself mm-hmm. to others. What can, how can I give myself to others? How can mm-hmm. I give myself to a worthy cause? Mm-hmm. And there was this turn where it's like, well, how can I get out things out of life? What, what's in it for me? And even like, you know, think about like YOLO, right? You only live once. It, like the, in, in ancient days, they had that mindset of you only live once as well, but it was like, because you only live once, I want to live this life of insane sacrifice where I give myself for a noble cause. Mm -hmm. Now Mm -hmm. it's, well, you only live once, so I need to get as much hedonistic pleasure as possible in this one life that I have. And it's just, it's just interesting. The shift that's happened in the world has, has instead of the church influence in the world, the world has now influenced the church. And you see the church, you almost have to reteach people what it means to be Christian. They, mm-hmm. When you bought into Christianity, you didn't buy into something that was just for you. Like, it's not about me and Jesus. It's it, You didn't buy into something that like, hey, I get my eternal salvation and my earthly comfort. Like, that's not... That wasn't Christianity. It was conforming myself, authentic mm. Christianity, conforming myself <laughs> to the life of Jesus. It, and, it was, in fact, never easy. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, like, and it is, the, the priceless treasure is far greater than what I give, right? Mm-hmm. And so the, this mm-hmm. great 
reward comes, but it comes through the death of self and the mm-hmm. gift of self. And I think just that you, you notice in Christianity, the, the mindset has changed. Well, why don't you go to church? Well, I don't get anything out of it. Well, that's not why you ever started going to church. Like it, liturgy is about giving. And so mm-hmm. the, the site, but that is, it's the common thought of, I need to get something out of this in order for it to be authentic. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you guys both make a good point too. In the generation that we're in now, it does seem like there's been a shift where mm-hmm. like the, the idea that I have one life to live is no longer, I'm going to give my life to the most worthy thing, but rather I'm going to see how many things I can attain almost as if I've become the most worthy thing, you know? And I I was actually given a a talk to the missionaries towards the end of their year. And we talk a lot here at Damascus about deployment, like military deployment, but for missionaries that we're actually deploying you into the world Mm. with a specific mission and deployment actually comes from the word meaning like to unfold. And it was interesting when I was like praying into that, I felt like the Lord was like, highlighting the fact that there's so often that in our lives, instead of letting it unfold, we'd rather keep it folded up and live in potential instead of actually seeing what it really is. Like when I have a lot of different options on the table, when it's not unfolded and it's there, I can hypothesize that like, oh, I could do this, or I could do this, or I could do this. And that's kind of like generically exciting. But as it unfolds, it actually commits me to something. Yeah. And once I get committed to something, there's something, uh, I think, in the generation now that doesn't feel as excited about that yeah. as it does about infinite potential. It's like, but potential doesn't do anything. Yeah, but doesn't move the ball bears forward. No fruit. Like, think about, yeah, even potential <laughs> energy, potential. kinetic energy, yeah. right? Like, potential energy, great. There's That's a awesome. lot of it energy that, that could happen, yeah. <laughs> but something has to move it, yeah. you know? Like, and I think that is... Well, that's a whole podcast on commitment too, because there is so much like the, I think there's that fear of saying yes to something because a yes to one thing is a no to something else. And Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. there of course is that fear, but then yeah, what uh, the, it's the fear of missing out, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to miss out on this opportunity, this opportunity, this opportunity, which ultimately comes back down to of, I've just reduced my life to a series of getting as much pleasure as I can, mm-hmm. or as many opportunities and experiences yeah. as I can. Because well, what if you do miss out on something? You will like, miss like, out exactly. On something. You will. But, 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 like, <laughs> ask yourself that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, so what? So what? okay. So I don't want to miss out on something. Oh, but I did. So so what? Yeah. Like what? Like is everything over? Like is it? No, it's okay. Because in making a decision, yeah. the one thing you're by the nature of making a decision, you're not making another decision. What do, you, what do you think it is that orients us toward that? Orientate. To, toward yeah. toward wanting wanting to hang on, wanting to uh, accumulate, wanting to hold ourselves in the potential. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think part of it you talk about a lot, Aaron, of the lack, like the, um, I, th- I think there's a fear that, like I might miss the boat, yeah. right? Like there's a fear that I might be left out. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's like a woundedness that's just like permeating the culture or something, but I do like I, T- I typically, but I do, I feel that I think I feel that even in me though, like anytime that I'm in a space and I, I want to, um, I don't know, receive like a compliment or if I want to like have this particular role or I want to give this particular talk, it's often from this place of like, well, because if I don't do that, I won't get something out of it and then I might be overlooked mm, or yeah. I might be forgotten or I might be, I don't know, left out there. I, I don't know. I feel something there. And I, I know yeah. that um, you talk about that a bit, Aaron, just in that, like that identity of like, mm. um, of, yeah, like I, I actually already have everything I need that I don't need to attain to become the identity that I've been created yeah. to be. But hmm. I don't know. There's something in that. Or, or what if as, as human beings, if we're, if we're made to be gift, you know, that a, a diabolical work of the enemy would be to speak directly against our identity mm-hmm. into saying like, just, just hold on, yeah. you know, just hold on. There's going to be a better time. Yeah. Just hold yeah, on. Don't, you're gonna, don't pour out. You're going to be able yeah. to give, you're, you're going to be able to fulfill your identity better tomorrow mm-hmm. if, yeah. if you, if you just wait. Yeah. And yeah. then there's all Pause. those potentials are, oh yeah, I don't, I don't have to give yet. Cause I can, I'm going to give in the future. Yeah. Well, and I can give more in the future if I attain a lot yeah. now. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, like it's almost like a, it's, it's twisted, but it's like, well, if I gather a lot of things now, you'll hear this a lot. Like, well, when I'm rich, I'll give. Yeah. yeah. Right. Or like, oh, I guess that's the financial side or like when I get, um, past my college, um, age and past kids, then I'll have time to give. Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, no, if, if you don't, if you don't start giving time now, yeah. you're never going to give time. Right. Yeah. If you don't start giving financially now, you're never going to hmm. give. When you asked why Aaron, I was thinking of just in a culture that's so hungry, you, you, 
you have a hard time savoring when once you get a bite. And so it's almost like I think like when I'm really, really hungry, I don't like take I don't savor the food. I just shove it down. And yeah, like some yeah. my wife will be like, Dan, why are you like stop what you're doing right now? Yeah. You're you're just a vacuum. You're and scaring the kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you you haven't made hiding eye, in the corner. You haven't made eye contact <laughs> with anyone. It's because you get so hungry that you're just like, oh but like when you're when you're not hungry, mm. you actually you sit down, you get a cheese tray, you get a glass yeah. of wine, mm. and you just like savor every like little mm-hmm. taste of cheese and every Every little sip of wine, and I think the culture has gotten the key so to my hungry. Heart. <laughs> yeah, that there, there isn't a savoring, and so like unfolding and diving deep into one relationship is actually hard because mm-hmm. we're so hungry and we're so starved for affection. We just are like, oh, I gotta go here, 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 here to get affection and affirmation, yeah. as opposed to just savoring the depth of the one or. Mm-hmm savoring the depth of the one experience and like the all in commitment to this. Like instead we're like, well, I'm just, I'm so hungry for, to feel like I'm worthy. So I'm going to go all over the place. And Mm -hmm. I think it's just that, I think that hunger is just breaking. Yeah. Well, and back, and back to the principle of like self gift, right? Like I, I think there's also this, um, this like misunderstanding that like there's one right place for me to give my gift. And, and it almost like it, it stops you in your tracks. Like, like the reason I admire the missionaries that say, yes, they go through it for two years. It's like you committed to something and yes, you could have committed to so many other things, but just the fact that you actually said, you know what, I'm going to commit to something for two years is just so like countercultural. And I think it's because there's this, I don't know. Um, I don't know where it comes from, but there's this thought that like, there's this one right thing to give to. Right. Like, and I I see this in a lot of the guys that I walk with in their like vocational pursuit. It's like, well, if it's not the right gal or if it's not the right religious order, then then I I should just not move. I'll I'll wait for the Lord to give absolute clarity that Mm. it's the absolute right thing or the absolute right person. And it's like, well, that's never going to come. Like it's, it's like, it's, well, it's at least never going to come until you actually make an actionable step towards something like in, in, in almost this, um, overly controlling way of trying to get to the one thing we miss all the other things that we could give to that's beautiful when we speak about the charisms oftentimes we'll say that you know that a gift is actually activated in a person in the act of giving like that in in the in the in the act of um we call it an activation right you even see in the ministry of jesus like jesus jesus healed you know the the man who was who was lame on on the ground on his mat and Mm -hmm. And, and he didn't he didn't kneel down to check in and say hey you feeling healed yet <laughs> yeah, yeah, like right um, he said get up like stand up pick up your mat and walk it, it, you you could it, and and he repeats this he repeats this many times in the way that he activates healing in us hmm. that it, you it would it would stand to be reasoned that if the man didn't do it mm-hmm. he didn't he didn't put his you know put his faith in in the word of the Lord and and stand up that 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 the healing, like mm-hmm. the standing was a part of the healing. Yeah. He had to right? get up in order to be healed. That our, yeah. our activation of our, our activation of commitment is a part mm-hmm. of stepping into our identity. Hmm. You know, no, you're not called to be married until you, until you propose, mm-hmm. right? That's, <laughs> yeah. that's the moment yeah. Yeah. where guess what? You're, you're, you're called, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. You're not called to be a priest. And until mm-hmm. you, until you stand before a bishop mm-hmm. and, and you're ordained, otherwise, you know, there's no such thing as a a potential priest, yeah, you know, a, yeah, yeah. a potential husband, a potential wife mm-hmm. that, that are, you know, there's, there's a truth that's buried so deep in mm-hmm. us that we, mm-hmm. we can't, we can't run away from it as much as we might try. Yeah. That's really good. Well, I think the, you using analogies of a vocation are so much better than the analogies of a two-year mission program, because a two-year mission program is a two-year commitment, but the, the vocation of Christianity mm-hmm. Is it's a lifelong it's vocation, lifelong, yeah. yeah. So there is no there. Is, I can't be totally given for two years, right? It's like I'm either I'm I'm gonna I'm mm. I'm being called to be totally given, whether mm-hmm. I join the Damascus Missionary Program yeah, yeah. or I'm working at Kohl's, yeah. right? Like well, no matter that what, prepares you whatever you're doing there. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Like that that as a Christian, I have I have the orientation and the call to live the life of Jesus in the world, mm-hmm. and the life of Jesus is nothing but total self gift and mm-hmm. the whole like. I mean, Jesus is like, without cost you have received, without cost you are to give. Mm-hmm. And so it's, um, 
to, to realize, oh my gosh, like, yeah, I had nothing to do with my own salvation. Like <laughs> truly I have received nothing. And so, but when I lack the faith in that, like mm-hmm. when I, when I lack the faith in the supernatural mystery of baptism, when I lack the faith in mm-hmm. the, the eternal delight of heaven, I, <clears throat> I do end up living in this paradigm of, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, my 80 years here are all I have. I need to experience what I want to experience now. And, mm-hmm. and it, brings us inward as opposed to that redefined humanity through Christianity, which is oriented outward. Yeah. Well, and in like in those examples too, I think I, that that's our hope for the missionary program here, right? Is that it would teach you what it means to give a gift for a time, Mm -hmm. right? Because you can never give a lifelong gift if you don't give a one day gift and you can never give a one day gift if you don't give a one hour gift, right? And you can't give a one hour gift if you don't give a one minute gift, right? Like we actually teach ourselves over time what it means to give. And we have to give, especially for us in the church, and I know that's what we're kind of like centering around here is self-gift and the need the church has in our generation now for people to give themselves. Like I I think it's also really hard to give what matters. Mm. And time really matters. Like I like that we're using time as an example because we – we really prioritize time. Like I'm, I'm not so sure if you offered someone towards the end of their life, an extra couple hours to live or an extra couple million dollars that they would choose the extra couple million dollars. Like we value time a lot. And I was actually on a mission trip and we've talked about this a little bit before on the, on the show, but, um, it always comes back to me. I was on a trip to Trenton, New Jersey. It's, I think the third most dangerous city in the country or something like that. And it was a sweet mission trip. Outside I was, of I was actually, yeah, right, right. No, I think, uh, I think I don't actually know where Portsmouth ranks on it, but, um, Brad is from Portsmouth. If you didn't know, I am from Portsmouth, yeah. Ohio, born and raised. We often um, do shout outs. We do have to do shout outs, but, um, yeah, I was like, I don't even remember all my day-to-day entailed there, but um, I was writing um, like job applications and resumes for um, previously incarcerated people. And it was amazing. Like I had, I got so much life from it. And I went back to this guy who did this like every day and I was just like loving what I was doing. So I was talking to this guy and he was like, yeah, I have these other things that I desired to do with my life, but I came here and there was something I felt like the Lord was doing in me while I was doing this for these men and women. And he said something, this line, and it just like, it captures you. He was like, you know, Jesus gave from his sustenance, not just his surplus. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus didn't just give of the extra he had. He gave of what mattered mm-hmm. most to yeah. him. And I, I've just always been captured by that. Like, it's not hard to give money when you have a lot laying around. Like, that's why the widow's <laughs> might is so powerful, yeah. right? Like, okay, we, we might say that it is kind of hard, but it... You can hear what I'm saying. It's it's like it's not like the widow's might that's like, I could use this on my ability to survive or I could give it to the Lord, right? Yeah. Like it's like, well, I have a couple things. And again, I'm, I'm not like trying to belittle people's you'll generosity no at all, yeah. but you'll survive no matter what. But when we push ourselves to think, what might it look like for me to give of my sustenance. Like, yeah. I don't even know what that means, yeah. you know? And I don't know, that that line just, it well, blessed me so much. It's interesting because you, you wonder what are the, I mean, you could answer this, Brad, but what are the causes for people not giving themselves to a missionary program right mm-hmm. now? Mm-hmm. It's probably the same causes of why people don't give themselves to the church or the Lord's mm-hmm. mission in general mm-hmm. in their life. Like that fear of time, right? Like, yeah. I don't want to give two years away. Well, yeah. like, and that's like, why am I not giving more? Oh, I just don't have time to give more, right? Or mm-hmm. the the fear of six, like not being successful. Like, oh, shoot, I don't want to pass up this opportunity. Yeah. Why are people not totally given to the Lord right now? Well, because I got to walk up the chain mm-hmm. and the fear of finances, right? Like yeah. all of yep. these, the same fears that hold us back from saying yes to serving at Damascus mm-hmm. are ultimately rooted in the same exact fears as why people aren't serving the Lord in general, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And it's not, uh, it's it's probably if your heart isn't oriented towards like doing whatever God asks you to do, you're not going to ever do yeah. <laughs> what yeah. you're called yeah. to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's usually fear of approval and fear of providence. Yeah. That like, I'm not sure that if I make this decision, it'll be approved of by those I love. Yeah. Like that, that's a huge fear, right? And then the second fear, I'm not sure that if I make this decision, it'll actually provide for me what I need. Yeah. Right. And like, and those are the two, I mean, just take those two fears and apply mm-hmm. it to your life. No matter who you are and ask, am I not doing something God's asking me to do because of one of those two fears? Yeah. Because yeah. right. fear of approval, I'm afraid people at work aren't going to I'm accept going to, me. Yes, right. For sure. I, I'm, I'm afraid that, um, my, my boss or my family is not going to welcome yes. this change in my life. Yep. That's yeah. definitely real. 
That's yeah. definitely real. And and both of those, as I'm, I'm, I wrote those down, those really struck me. You know, both of those speak directly to a core identity of who we are as Christian, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that the the reason we fear losing those things is because we've placed the value in those things apart from the Lord, who who has to be the source, who yeah. is our yeah. approval, right? And who yeah. is our providence? Yes. You know, if yes. if you hear the yeah. voice of the Father saying, "Behold, my beloved Son, whom I love, with whom I'm well pleased," mm-hmm. like nothing that Brad or Dan say about me is going to matter mm-hmm. much. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, does that mean I can call you a turd? <laughs> yeah, you sure. <laughs> I, you just did. I just, so, I just I mean, wanted like, to see what would happen yeah. if I said that. Be, be, because you know, because you you didn't like you didn't speak identity in my life, and therefore you can't yeah, take it away. Exactly. And in the same way, you know, yeah. I think when it when it comes to providence, and I mean that's a tough one. I, I'm I'm preaching to myself yeah. in this. Yes, like, it is. you've got to learn this lesson every day that okay, there's I participate with the Lord mm-hmm. in in. Uh, seeing his vision for my life come yep. into being. Yep. There's nothing that I'm earning uh, uh, apart from his desire to give it away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. The, the, and in that, the widow's might just, blow, it, it actually, that just blows my mind. Because it's like, you you have a situation where it's like, okay, I'm going to give, and I may not have the resources to survive when I give this. And, um, right. and so to give to the point where you're like, I am trusting you, Lord, with my resources yeah. is, is in, and, and she's a widow, right? So yeah. as, assumingly she doesn't, she has no one to provide for her out, out but does she have children? Mm-hmm. We don't know, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like, and the, the idea, uh, like I always picture with the w- widows might some like, like tiny old lady that's yeah, like about sure, to sure. die anyway. What if she was what just she a was young, young woman yeah. with children, yeah, right? That, right. which is probably more like and was just, realistic of that yeah. time period. And, the the idea of okay how do we discern mm-hmm. like stewardship and prudence in this total yeah, self gift yeah. and and that's the beauty of the lord is that he's never going to ask us to do something that isn't best for us mm-hmm. and so when we're walking with him and in his voice when he says to do something we can obediently follow and trust mm-hmm. him and know that it's what's best for us yeah. and there's there's probably prudence and, and stewardship where the Lord sometimes isn't placing it sure. on your heart to give in that moment in that way and in that in that those times you hold back to give somewhere else mm-hmm. it's like when I I always mm-hmm. <clears throat> struggle with like time here at, at Damascus right because I want to be totally given to the mission of Damascus but the mission of Damascus has to also be held in balance with the mission of my children yeah, and right. and so it's not like I'm not gonna pour out here at Damascus so that I can be myself and with me because I've given enough over here. It's mm-hmm. no, I'm not pouring out here at Damascus right now in this way so that I can pour out in my ch- to my children in this mm-hmm. way. Yeah. And there's that need of, okay, discern where do I, where do I pour out and right. how do I pour out? Yeah. Well, even think like I, I've, I've thought about just um, the widow's might um, just, I guess is like a last comment on that is like, what if I want another comment on that? Why is this um, have to be me, the last for comment? Me, sorry, for me, for me, for <laughs> me. Because I just feel like I've brought up the widow's might like before a couple of times. But I, I don't know. There is like she could have had like the best excuse. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, like if the Lord was inviting her to do that, yeah. like, like think she would have just told someone like, yeah, I could have given this to the Lord, but... Yeah. But he knew that I really needed it. He always right? leaves. Like, he, he always leaves a back door open. Yeah, right. You know, right. Yes. Take, take care of yourself unless and, uh, you're called yes. to be a martyr. Right, 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 right. But it was just like I don't know. That's powerful. But like, think about even within the realm of self gift. Like, why does the church need people that are totally given in this season? Because that's what God has always been. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, God is yeah. the definition of self gift. Like when we look at the story of creation and the love of God spilling onto the canvas of creation, right? Because, um, like we read in I, or I the love, Trinity, yes, or the Trinity, right? <laughs> the like, mutual like exchange before creation of love. even yeah. like blossoms out of the Trinity. Like, I, I, I love the first paragraph of the Catechism. God infinitely blessed and perfect in Himself. So He was doing like yeah. He's doing pretty okay. Like the Trinity, <laughs> yeah. they're they're doing all right, yeah, right? But in a plan perfect. of sheer goodness. Yeah created man to share in his own blessed life. Well, what's his blessed life gift? That's what it is. Yeah. Like he created man to create, right? Like, like, like to spill our love, to spill onto the canvas of creation. Think about it in the context of Hmm. priests with a congregation. Think about it in the context of husband and wife and the children that come forth from that. Like God has always desired us to share in his own blessed life, which by definition is gift. Yeah. And yet, to Aaron's point, I think the biggest temptation for us is to do anything but give yeah. so that we can, I don't know, somehow have more to give later or, yeah. I don't know, something, <laughs> some, attain something that then proves something to those around us and to ourselves. I don't know. Well, I, 
I guess this is maybe get us off topic, but it's the what I keep pondering, and it's it, this is a theological question, not a I don't have the answer to it yet. But to what extent am I as a a, a husband and father called to care for my family only versus care for my family and everything else? Right, that it's mm-hmm. this. What is the obligation to? I think it's really with where I'm thinking is like finances, where so often it's this idea of, well, I got I to gotta leave my inheritance to my children. But it's like, well, is like, where did that, where, where did that mindset come from where it's like, well, how can I, instead of just with my time, my talent, my treasure, how can I give it <laughs> over abundantly outside of just the home? And, um, I don't know if that's coming out right. I think what I'm trying to say is we've, we've almost, we've, we've conditioned our gift to be even inward facing as yeah. opposed to outward facing and seeing like, no, no, I have my family. They're, they're the ones who are doing service with me. They're not, they're mm-hmm. not my only thing that I serve. They're the ones yeah. who I get to do service with. Yes. Right. We were, uh, shout out to another great, great podcast I've been listening to. It's called the new polity podcast out of uh, Steubenville. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they did a, a series on finance recently and it was talking about inheritance and how oftentimes, you know, our, our financial investment that we intend to build up and to accumulate for the sake of giving it away, it becomes a master to us hmm. to the point where like that, that master-slave relationship that I have with my finance so that I might then give it to my children hmm. so that it could then become their, their master. master. Yeah, <laughs> like, and then yeah. they could then... Yeah, because the idea is, well, I'll give it to them so they can give it away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's, you know... That, that's that's never that's never what happens. Um, yeah. You know that 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 I want to jump back to a thought we were having a, a moment ago that like building a habit of of giving a gift that's that's the inheritance that we need to pass on to our children. It's it's coming into a place of realizing like I there there is no there is no greater legacy that I could leave to my sons and daughters but to teach and to demonstrate to them and to and to build that habit from from an early age from childhood of, of what it means to give your life away. Yeah, to be poured out. Like, yeah. and, and I'm, not, I'm not saying that the only way that can happen is by Dan not going home, you know, on no, Thursday night. No, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, would be, that would be a terrible thing. <laughs> Neglecting them. Well, we can't, <laughs> well, that's, we can't uh, just but default that's, to extremes. I would love to hear your thoughts on that, Aaron, because it's like, okay, so then I'm, when you said that initially, I'm like, yes, but then I'm also like, wait a second, I'm hearing kids that I've talked to in the past who are like, well, I don't believe in Jesus because my parents are, yeah. are always gone had, at church doing stuff. And, 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 so. and I don't, I, I don't think I have it figured out yet yeah. at all. Um, I, I just had a great, a great experience just this weekend, um, with, with two of my kids, you know, so often, um, you know, we have to, we have to work really hard on building habits of like saying yes to, to acts of service around our home. Yep. So that's why you, that's why you assign chores, right? That's why you, um, what, what's it called? An allowance, because mm-hmm. because you're trying to build habits of, of realizing like this is mm-hmm. the right thing to do. Therefore, I have to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a we had a couple weddings here over the past over the past few weeks at Damascus, mm-hmm. and we had a, 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 a good a good reason, accordance with our with our local fire codes, to have some cleanup done by this morning, mm-hmm. and it didn't it didn't get done over the course of the weekend. So here we are, like the last people on campus and yeah. I'm thinking to myself, okay, I can wait until after bedtime today, or I can, I can invite my kids like into a, into a mission of service. So yeah, I offered them an opportunity thinking they're going to bellyache and this is going to be miserable. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, Leah and Diggory like get up on this 16 foot ladder because it's the greatest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. They spent like four and a half hours on Saturday, you know, tearing down decorations and wiping off vents in the, in the auditorium and the um, dining hall. And it was, it was just such a, a, an indicator to me of like, thank, like this is this is this is where uh, service and adventure align mm-hmm. to the point where mm-hmm. they can see the stuff that dad does isn't just taking away from the family; it's actually an opportunity for us to do it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. to invest with him in something. You know, I, I think of uh, when we were at Saint Agatha, Dan. There were a number of families who I was always so moved by who consistently made a habit of like as a family serving at a soup kitchen together. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and I always thought like, that's, that's neat and that's cute, but like, it doesn't matter what they're doing. It's that, it's that they're building a habit of realizing that mission has to be accomplished hand in hand. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I, I love that. Those, those are such good examples. And I think that we run the risk. I remember um, I was talking to a family one time and the, the mom was like, I don't know what to do when she, and she started to break down the schedule of the the family and mm-hmm. on sunday night 
dad was at this event at the church Monday night. The the daughter was at this event at the church Tuesday night. The middle schoolers were at this event at the church Wednesday night. There was choir at the church, and she was there. And thir- she's like, literally six days a week, we're at church, but we're not together as family. And mm-hmm. I think that is a possibility that like you're mm-hmm. the especially with like the popularity of men's ministry and women's ministry, all super super good. Yeah. But it's also it's there's a the possibility that I'm on a mission that's exclusive of my spouse, mm-hmm. or I'm yeah, on a sure. mission that's exclusive of my children. And then what happens is, well, because I'm living this awesome missional life over here, my spouse is feeling left out. Sure. Yeah. I do worry about the other side though, too, yeah. uh, of that, because I, I, um, where I don't have anything. Well, where I'm just like the good becomes the enemy of the great. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, 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 I'm coming in so low on this because I don't have it figured out at all, but I know that something pulls in me that I don't like when someone says my mission is totally my family. Oh, no, I wasn't and, saying and, that. And no, 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 I'm, yeah, no, yeah. I'm not. I, I guess, so I'm using an extreme to just yeah, make yeah. a point. I'm not saying that's what you're saying. You, I, said, you said I said that. <laughs> yeah, <I'm just> not, <laughs> but, um, but like, do you see what I'm saying? Like, like when I, whenever I hear that, and I do hear yeah. that in the church, Yeah, yeah. I, I do think our church has become incredibly vocation-centered and not as much Jesus-centered. I, yeah, I yeah. really do. I think we can speak. Be careful. Vo- I think vocation is the wrong word. <laughs> is that right? I think it's I, comfort-centered. I, yeah, sure, sure. But I, but I even would say that, uh, but I, I, I guess Your to die. Yes. <laughs> yes. Agreed. Right. Right. <laughs> ordered. But I, but I would even say though that like, but but even absent a vocation of priesthood and yeah. or married life, I have everything I've ever needed for salvation right now. Yeah. Because vocation primarily is a calling for me to encounter Jesus in a very unique way to me, so that I could be closer to Him. But He should always be the end. Yep. If he's the means by which I achieve the end of my vocation, I'm worshiping mm-hmm. myself mm-hmm. because I'm the end. And that's that's the big fear I have. And again, I'm coming in low because I know it pushes buttons. And, and like you said, like there's going to be people frustrated that I'm even using vocation in that context yep. because far be it from us to challenge a vocation-centered reality. But I do think that we actually have to look at ourselves and ask, am I pursuing vocation for Jesus or am I pursuing Jesus for vocation? Because one way is right and one way is not. Yeah. And and I I like again, I, I just like I love the idea of family. And like I love Nina and being married the last two years has been such a gift and it's blessed me immeasurably. Two years. But, but you, the you idea, made it out of like, the one yeah, year right, right, the one right, year right, wedding right, right. day. There's like so many out there that are like, I've been married forty years and what's he talking about? But like <laughs> I do think there's there's something to this like this tension that we're talking yeah. about that like I absolutely need to have time with my with my spouse and my kids. Yeah. But if that's the only place that I'm serving for the duration of my yeah. time here, I, I just think that something's falling short. Well, it's it's just totally given. So there are, there may be the married situation where I'm totally given because of a special need that I have in the family situation. Yeah, sure. Where sure, I have no sure. I have no I more don't have mar- margins. I don't have margins because the yeah. the need in the yep. family requires that. Yeah. Um, but it, it's it's sustenance or surplus, right? And yeah, so, like, yeah. am I actually am I totally given that I'm giving out my sustenance? So does it uh, because if if part of my my need to be with the family all the mm-hmm. time is is just a need for us to constantly go from one leisure to another leisure yeah, to another yeah. leisure, then that's silly, right? Well, because I'm not really being self-gift. It's yeah. the comfort point Aaron was making when he was just like, I don't know if vocation... Because I do think that is the principle there, is yeah, that yeah. like it's almost like vocation will be a safe haven for my comfort, like where I, I know that they'll love me because they're, uh, yeah. they're with me. Um, but again, like vocation outward to both of your points is so beautiful. It's like, of course. like yeah. let's let's go die together like let's go give in a way that's from our sustenance yeah. together like yeah. that's there's nothing more admirable yeah. there's nothing well more and admirable. i i think that uh, i think we've mentioned it on the show before but but that that seems to be the prevailing wisdom which which again i, I believe is fundamentally diabolical right mm-hmm. that like you know yes you're called to mission yes your marriage is called to be a, a sacramental vocation to the world but mm-hmm. you know take these first couple years to just yeah. work on yourself, yeah, to get comfortable, yeah. to, to learn who each other are. And then when you have your first little <laughs> right? one, you won't have that time for very long. So focus in on yourselves. Yep. And then the it's, second one, it's just, focus in on yourself. It's just an it's an invitation to a mess, right? It's yeah. an invitation to, to building a lifestyle that that's that's me centered. 
Correct. Yeah. And and that's not to say that Damascus is like no, the alternative. No, no, no. It is or my that, fear, though. Or that it's the parish is the alternative. No, sure. Or that we're doing a great job at it. It's just no. the 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 because the, the, the measuring stick is not Aaron. It's not Brad. It's not Dan. The measuring stick is Praise Jesus. God for that. Right. Yeah. And so like so right. like the the goal of Christianity is to conform myself to the life of Jesus. And yeah. so am I living Jesus's life here on earth? And have I evaluated the gospels to say what does it look like to live this gospel yeah, yeah. reality? in the context of the modern world and my current call. That's actually really good, because Jesus spent time with Mary and Joseph. Yeah. Was Jesus' entire life just with Mary and Joseph? No. Was Jesus' entire life just with the apostles? No. Was Jesus' entire life just in the Jewish education Well, that's system? what's no. kind of cool about Jesus. Like, in the Gospels, it's like he's always on mission, but he's always with people. Like, it's like he's yeah. always in relationship, yeah. and at the same time, he's always, like, he's doing something to heal someone. It's yeah. what, it's exactly, I yeah. think it's to Aaron's point. Like, he, he's living out with those he loves the mission that he knows his father's calling him to. Yeah. And, like, that is, by its definition, vocation, that I am, like— listening to the father and living yeah. out what he's asking of me with those around me who I've committed to out of love. Yeah. Right. And I don't know about you guys, but when it, like, as I think to my, to my experience and times when I've, when I've been in that moment, those are the, those are the times when I'm having the most fun. Yeah. Those are the times when I'm experiencing adventure, right? Because, because that's, that's the way life's meant to be lived. Like even when I think of, of my most uh, blessed and fulfilling moments of recreation, like mm-hmm. they're 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 restorative mm-hmm. because because they're oriented toward mission. Yeah. Um. Dan and I joke a lot that that like times of vacation are you know ultimately end up not being fulfilling to the point where like mm-hmm. I'm I'm ready to get back to work. Yeah, Why? Sure. Because because the heart's not made to to draw in. Right. Like the the heart is made to be given away. Mm-hmm. It's. If if we believe that we're made in the image and likeness of God, then this is the only way that we're going to find fulfillment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A spiritual director of mine once said, "Like, what if we looked at death as I'm, I'm? It's my final gift. That like, what if I live my life in mm. such a way that is so outward focused that that death is my final gift? It's I'm totally spent now, yeah. and and from that I actually receive the greatest reward. And I remember him telling me that this was shortly into my <laughs> like conversion in college. And I remember just going, I don't know what that means, but I think it's right. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I don't know what that means, but I think it's right. Like I lived my whole life so outwardly poured that when I got to the end and I actually had very little to pour out left and I poured out the very last part, it was my final gift. Like, I mean, it's obviously Christocentric. We can look at it on the cross. Like, but I don't know the way he said that. And it was Mm. so just, passing when and to condition it, like, yourself to make that your nightly gift as well that like when yeah, i lay, when yeah, i lay down yeah. in bed i'm like that's really good wow this was a day where i just feel spent yeah and like i poured myself out today for others yeah well then the to-do list isn't going to be done no and you will not have spent as much time with your wife as you should have and yeah. you will not have spent as much time with your kids as you should have yeah and you will not have loved the lord as you should have and you will not have loved those around you as you should have but as long as you go there and you've put it all into the Lord's hands and said, Lord, it's yours. And, and every day returned yeah. back to that promise. Like yeah. that's where we have to trust the mercy piece, right? Like I don't want to lower the bar. Yeah. I and just to, want to trust his mercy. And to balance, balance whatever we're talking about here with the notion of rest as well, like sure. real rest sure. in, in Christ Jesus and prayer, sure. like that idea of the, I'm going to, I'm going to give time to pour myself out. And then I'm also going to just sit at the feet of Jesus and receive from him. And which ultimately is just this, like this ability. It's like, sometimes I feel like, um, it's like, okay, I'm here at the feet of Jesus right now to be filled up because I've poured out so much. Right. And it's in those moments where I've poured out so much that the, the intimacy and the rest is so much richer and versus like the times where I'm, I'm not going very hard and I, I go to him. I'm like, all right, well, I'm uh, like, you were kind of bored yeah, during yeah, prayer, yeah. right? And, and so there's something so valuable of like being the beggar that falls before the Lord and like, hey, like fill me up, please. Yeah, no, that's good. What's your guys? How do you? Um, I'm I'm actually asking this as much for me as anything, but um, like rest is another thing I struggle with. It's a tension point for me because I think it's another area where where comfort's so obviously available and it could be excused as rest. Right. And I I notice a pattern in my life, these areas where you could say it's, you could claim like 
a lack of virtue under a virtue, you know, it's like, well, I'm resting, but actually I'm just really wanting comfort right now or, or I'm focusing on my family, but yep. really I'm just not wanting to stretch myself. Right. Now. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, yep. I, I know that all of us as humans experience that sometimes we can put forward a face that's not actually mm. what our heart is like, how do you guys like, I don't know. Um, how do you guys, um, determine, whether or not like what you're seeking is actual rest or if it's just a comfort that you're desiring in a moment, right? Like, I don't know if there's like any wisdom you have there, or maybe you guys are wrestling with that same thing, but mm -hmm. I, I wonder that sometimes it's like, cause it almost becomes so cliche, cliche. It's like, well, are you resting enough in ministry? It's like, yeah, Man, I don't want to hear another person give me a lecture on don't burn out in ministry. <laughs> I just I want to actually learn what you're trying to say when you say rest. I think I what's the fruit of the time? So what's the what's the fruit of the time? So like when I rest, the fruit is um, an explosive amount of missional ideas that like when I'm resting with mm -hmm. the Lord, like I am I am being refreshed and I have a creativity that is mm -hmm. uh, that is. Um, that is the real me, yeah. right? That I come alive in that versus when I'm not resting with the Lord and I'm just like consuming like mm -hmm. stuff on my phone, mm -hmm. right? Like mm -hmm. I, I get, I get you like, get I get irritable. Yeah. Like yeah. it's like the kids come in. I'm like, well, quiet down. Yeah, it's like, wait, why am I like, why yeah, am I telling yeah, yeah. you to quiet down? Like goof off and have fun. You're kidding. Are you like, saying judge a tree by its fruits? Is that what you're Yeah. No, judge you're judge right your there. rest by its fruits. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. if, if you, uh, I mean, I think it's so funny. People who are like, uh, you come home from vacation and you're exhausted. What 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 were you doing on vacation? That like like I'm always like yeah, you know yeah, like yeah, I, I yeah. want to uh, I want like vacations to be more restful like so sure. they're actually well that's as the point of them right? yeah like, but uh but you know that's good I, I what do you think I, I think the, the the fruit word is really good for me mm -hmm. uh the t the the fruit that I see from my times of rest is really a, a tremendous peace and joy mm -hmm. uh and and I think I think the oppositional vice is is a focus on busyness and anxiety yeah, yeah um and i was actually i wrote it down just a moment ago like if we're if we're if we're looking to build habits of self-gift mm -hmm. and, of, and of effective rest like mm -hmm. uh that that getting getting rid of the idea that i need to i need to consume that last bit of the news yeah, before i close yeah, my eyes and yeah, go to bed like yeah. that's ridiculous i i think um in, in my life consistently over the last few years, some of the most beautiful moments of prayer, encounter, and rest mm -hmm. have been like in the 10 minutes, uh, the last 10 minutes of my day when I'm lying in bed mm -hmm. and just closing my eyes and being like, okay, Jesus, can we hang out right now? Can we have a conversation right now? And uh, it's always marked by like just an, an overwhelming and authentic joy of, of being able to hear his voice, mm -hmm. um, being able to speak to him and, and sense his presence so near and it's not motivated toward like, hey, let's let's go up on stage and give a great talk, um, yeah. Or let's let's go do some great mission. It's just like, hey, let's let's enjoy let's enjoy one another's one another's presence in a way that's really meaningful yeah. and affirming. Yeah, and I think like it's just so what you guys are saying just aligns so much because I think in the last like year or so with the Lord, the Lord's just been showing me the areas where there's actually self gift in rest sometimes for someone like me because I'm all. I always want to be doing something outward, yeah. right? But there's actually a way that the Lord's teaching me self-gift of actually like committing to something with Nina and staying true to it, mm -hmm. right? Like, and I know that there's other people that are probably the exact opposite. They make a commitment yeah. to their spouse and they never break it ever. And they're rarely out on mission or something like, yeah. but that's not where I find my own vices to be. But I'm, I'm always like the, the busy, the, the like ne on to the next thing. And I feel like the Lord has been showing me like in a very intentional way, the ways that I can be self gift when I'm present, even at this podcast with you two, right? Like when I'm actually like engaging what we're saying and like As really trying to thinking, learn. what am I going to say? Next? Exactly. No, <laughs> yeah. seriously, seriously. Or, or like in same thing with like, um, the missionaries when we like, they just need me to take a walk with them and listen. And like, there's so many things I can be doing in that time, but there's there's an element of self gift in that. Oh, absolutely! Right, yeah. and so um, again, I think we've we've hinted at it a few times, but I I think the idea of being totally given is something that really intrigues me because I think um, when I get to the end of my life, I don't want to have looked back and be partially given. 
because to be partially given means to be given to nothing at all. You know, like yeah, I, I think Jesus totally had a word for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Lukewarm, yeah, lukewarm. Yeah. But I want to be. You out. I want to be fully given again. Like uh, we can bring back in vocation. Like I want to be fully given to my vocation. Yeah. Because I want to be fully given to Jesus who yeah. called me Amen. to that. We, we got a, we got a few minutes left. I wonder. You know, we've we've talked a lot about hurdles and maybe some strategies. Uh, toward adopting a life that's fully given. I wonder if we could maybe just uh, kind of conclude our thoughts today, mm-hmm. um, celebrating some victories that we've seen yeah. in like lives transformed as they've been given away. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. just, Brad, you were sharing at the start of the show that that we just finished up a missionary year. And um, I'm sure I'm sure that this would come as no surprise to our, to our missionaries, a couple of whom are sitting in the studio today, mm-hmm. but uh, that, you know, over the course of, over the course of a year of work and organization, um, a lot of a lot of my mind is focused on like solving the issues, right? Solving this concern about the community or this concern about the culture, and um, you know, I, I do sometimes fall into the temptation of walking walking into or I guess looking afar at our at our missionary community and, and wondering like, what are the what are the problems and how can I solve them? Yeah. Um, and I was I was really moved uh, just a couple of weeks ago. I walked into the walked into the room and was was looking at our, our second year missionaries and was just overcome with this amazing like uh, sense of of just joy and pride. Yep. Yep. And like yep. these these men and women are awesome. They did. Like <laughs> yeah. these these guys are are are, are modeling like a, a life a life that's that's been offered on the altar of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And of course for them, for me, for you guys, like there's there's no, there's no human heart that's ever been given away that aside from the heart of Jesus and Mary uh, that 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 doesn't have stuff attached right yeah. every yeah. single one of us has stuff attached but to see to see a person whose whose passions been aligned with it with a gift of themselves mm-hmm. it's just inspiring yeah. it is inspiring Absolutely. yeah yeah one um like a uh, a friend of mine who I'm still in small group with here in Columbus he was a a mission leader with SPO um, St. Paul's outreach when I was at Ohio state. And, Mm. um, I was always so blown away from the fact that like, there were so many things that he could do with his life. Like just an incredibly charismatic guy, um, super followable, just like, uh, and he decided that he would be persistent with guys like me who would sleep through their alarms and not listen to what he was saying at first and would fail to return his phone calls, but he would stay consistent. And I think that um, when I reflect on his life, I just reflect on a life that um, that gave something it didn't have to give, and it produced fruit that wouldn't have been there without it. You mm-hmm. know, and so like to your point, Aaron, there is something about reflecting on just those people in our lives. I mean, I'm sure like some of us have stories about our parents and the ways that they gave in incredible ways, and maybe our our priest at our um, parish or like uh, a coach or a mentor that we had that gave to us in a particular way. And, and when I think about just the life now, like what's really fruitful about that life is now I've been in small group with him for three years and we're running alongside each other. And what's been so beautiful about that is like, like without you being totally given then I'm not sure I'd be totally given now. And so there is just this, um, I think this reward that happens when we give and we see the multiplication, then like begin to be right beside us. And I think I see that with the missionaries too, of like, Oh my goodness, you're teaching me just as much as I'm teaching you. And, um, yeah, there's something about giving that begets giving, Mm -hmm. you know? Huh. For me, I was at uh, our missionary graduation a few weeks back and, um, I was struck with the fact that we're, we're sending off some all-stars. Like we have some giants that are leaving and going to start ministries. And I was like, wow, like, um, and I wasn't thinking about like, wow, I, I did this that got them there, but I was, I actually went backwards and I started to think about, uh, the guys who founded net ministries. Cause I was a missionary with net and yeah. net was so pivotal in my own life. And I was like, wow, their yes led to my yes, 
which led to this next yes, which is going to launch into greater mission. And yeah. just started to see like almost the ripple effect of just this giant, like, and they even just think about, man, who, like who evangelized Mark Burcham, who started yeah. net, like, who was yeah. that guy? I don't even know his name, but someone like what gave their life, so that he would give his life. And then because he gave his life, I was able to give my life. And because I was able to give my life, they were able to give their life. And just the, the impact of that was like really, um, staggering to me. Yeah. Yeah. And and just giving gratitude to this nameless, faceless person who had gave their life to evangelize the one who evangelized me. And then, uh, and then just kind of taking it even to, on a different level, just the <laughs> my youngest Liliana received first communion this week. And it was like, um, it just, it was like, I was just like lost in, in the, her face the all yeah, weekend of just yeah. like this idea of like, just that totally given aspect of parenthood and watching uh, my wife uh, during the offertory, like whisper words, giving the final prep to Liliana yeah. before she goes up to receive Jesus. And I was just like, so like, oh man, like, Amber's life is just totally given to forming Liliana and this like crazy little eight year old who probably doesn't really understand the theology of the mass all that much, even though we've tried to drill it into her. And still it's like, is she going to, is she going to remember to bow? Is she going to remember to make the sign of the cross? Like who knows? But just as like, like watching Amber like bend over and like whisper into Liliana's ear right before receiving was just like, like, okay, mom's giving that last, like she's given all of these eight years to get her to the place where she's receiving Jesus. And just mm-hmm. that there was so much beauty in that moment of seeing yeah. like, wow, like your, your yes, Amber is so tiny and mm-hmm. yes, so significant. Yeah. And before, before we close, I think, um, in the same way that, that, um, parenthood does that, I was thinking about, um, just the amazing, um, popes that we've had in our time in the church. I was actually, um, in Rome just, um, I don't even know what's it been nine months ago, nine months ago, I've lost track of the, yeah. not, lost track of the time nine months ago. Um, but, um, I was, um, I was in St. Paul outside the walls and they have images of all of the, all of the popes, right? Yeah. So that they have the paintings of all the popes and you go back to the early popes and they lasted like a year, <laughs> like the average, because they were all martyred. They were dying. <laughs> and I was literally just dumbfounded, like looking back, because I was working backwards, right? So I started at Pope Francis and then went to um, oh. Pope Benedict and then back to JP2. And then I just kept kept going down Some the line. Some point they're like, man, this is getting exhausting. Pointing yes, at yes, yes, yes. Well, you you like just go through all of it. And then when we I don't got, got to time the end, for this. And they have like 50-year spans or whatever. And then you get back and it's like one year, yeah, <laughs> two years. Not even a year. Yeah. And it's like, like all of these men literally gave their lives. Yeah. That the one who gave his life and rose from the dead, the faith that he passed on would be sustained for us. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's just a lot to be grateful for, that, that we'll all say yes to being self-gift when we know that the Lord has given us everything we could ever want. And in response to that gratitude, we make a gift of ourselves to those around us. Mm-hmm. And so let's just pray um, here momentarily that we could be a gift and we'll close uh, for today in the name of the Father and the Son and the Amen. Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we pray that you would make us a gift. Lord, in the same way that you're such a gift to us and you've given us everything that we need, we pray that in response that we could give ourselves to those around us and to the church so that the church can influence the world and we can bring all people back to you. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the gift that it is to be called Christian, to be called your sons and daughters, and we uh, give ourselves again to you here this day. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for uh, joining us for this episode. Again, this is Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. My name is Brad. I'm here with Dan and Aaron. And if you like this episode, feel free to share it with someone who would be blessed by it. We'd be honored if you would subscribe, like, all of that good stuff, because that gets this message out to more people so we can have more self-gifts in the world, which our church needs and we know our world needs. So we'll look forward to seeing you guys next time.